Hello, DC family. Welcome into the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast, presented to you by DMV Sports Network, your one-stop shop for all things DMV sports. I'm your host, Dom, and you can hit me up on Twitter at Dom and Thunder. Today, I'm happy to be joined by two of my fellow editors from DMVSN, Brendan and Frank. Guys, go ahead and introduce yourselves. We'll start with Brendan. What's going on, guys? It's Brennan here, the owner of the site. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Threes Trist. And uh, it's Frank here, co-site manager and editor of the site. And you can find me on Twitter at Frank underscore is underscore my name. Got a lot to get into today. Just basically looking back at the week that was for the Wizards. And it was a very busy week, acquiring pretty much half, if not more, of their roster for the upcoming season. So let's start with the move that came Sunday, though. We're signing Thomas Bryant, center three years, $25 million for the restricted free agent. What did you guys think of the deal? I thought it was the, the best thing to do, and I thought it was priority one. And then uh, before free agency started, Chris Miller came out and said that he was priority one for Washington, and that's obviously the smartest thing to do. Uh, 21 years old, can stretch the floor. Uh, it was a no-brainer to me. Yeah, uh, most definitely. I mean, they didn't waste any time getting the deal done. And it's definitely really good value at three years, 25 mil. I, I honestly thought Brian was going to, his market was going to be closer towards, you know, 10 to 12 mil. So the fact that he's only going to be making around eight is definitely a definitely great value, especially compared yeah. to guys like Brooke Lopez and Jonas Valanciunas who are making upwards of 13, 15 mil. And I'm just excited to see how Bryant can uh, can improve because he's definitely young and has a lot of upside, and uh, it's definitely a good deal. I mean, you're looking at 10.5 points, six boards, a block, and assists, and I believe he set the Wizards' single-season record for the highest field goal percentage. And this is all at just the age of 21. And so it it is going to be really fascinating to see him develop here and see how much playing time he gets and will be interesting to see how Brooks utilizes him along with uh, Mo Wagner. And then early Monday morning, we get the news from Shams that Ish Smith would be signing a two-year, $12 million deal. The Wizards are using their mid-level exception on Ish. And then shortly after, I guess we can talk about this one too, the Wiz send restricted free agent Thomas Sadoransky to Chicago in exchange for a second round and a few pick swaps. Chicago in the process signing him to a three-year, $30 million deal. So what do you guys think about the Ish Smith acquisition, and what are your thoughts on letting Saddle walk? Well, the the, the Saddle thing was a bit confusing for me because, and I said this all along, I mean, I would have preferred to have him back as the starting point guard going into this year and cover until John Wall comes back. I mean, he's been in the system. Um. He's been in Brooks' system. He's played with these guys for a couple of years now, so you would have liked to see him come back. He's obviously a hot commodity. I mean, Chicago's going to pay him a decent chunk of change to uh, presumably, I mean, be the third guard. Um, I assume they're going to start Kobe White. But um, the, the Ish Smith signing was kind of – it wasn't the best thing in the world, but it wasn't the worst either. I mean, I mean, the main thing that they wanted to do this year, I guess, was – find that backup going into next year when Wall comes back. And I'm sure they knew that they had a good chance of signing IT at the time they did sign Ish Smith. But what if IT just like sucks? 
I mean, you have to have something there. So, um, I mean, at the very least, I mean, you're getting someone who can be steady for the Wizards. So, I mean, it's, um, yeah, you know, supply and demand. It wasn't the best signing in the world, but sometimes you got to pay for guys. I mean, Ish Smith is a good player, too. I mean, you know. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not the biggest fan of uh, the Ish Smith signing just because he's, he's not a terrible player by any means, but. I think I think we could have waited out and possibly gotten you know Quinn Cook who got signed to two years six mil and I think he would have been a much better fit alongside Beal. He's definitely a better shooter than uh than Ish Smith and he's younger. He has more upside. But I mean, what you do like about Ish Smith is that the dude is is very fast and he can definitely push push the ball in transition. You know, similar to Wall. So when Wall comes back. If he's still, you know, a fraction of what he was in terms of his speed and athleticism, you still have some of the same, you know, offensive offensive scheme and fast break points when he subs out and Ish Smith is in the game. So it was okay, but in terms of, you know, he's making twelve mil over two years fully guaranteed. I, I just don't know if if that's the best value. But overall, I mean Sato sign and trade, they had to uh they had to move fast to find his replacement, and it definitely could have done a lot worse, but it's not the most flashy signing in the world. We'll just have to see how it plays out between uh, him and IT at the point guard position. Yeah, probably my least favorite signing by Shepard so far, but that's not to say it's a bad deal. I mean, it, it's just been around. He's played on a ton of different teams, uh, including the 2014 Scott Brooks Thunder team. So there's some familiarity there, which is nice. Uh, but yeah, he's a bench guard at this point. You know, he can run the floor, create some, like Frank said. Concern, of course, is his defense, you know, the bench unit. Not great as a whole right now, but but definitely a signing you can't really be mad at. Just uh, real quick, circling back to Sato, uh, in terms of his, his salary, like three years, 30 mil, would you guys have been comfortable, you know, giving him that if we had re-signed him to that deal? I don't know. I mean, getting two guys in here for less than eight total, two less than what Saddle got, I, I like the guys we have. I think I could have talked myself into it, but the, the thing is, is remember when we said the same thing about Otto? Like, we knew we were going to have to pay him that big chunk of change, and then he ended up just, you know, not being worth it. Not to say that he's not a good player, but you have to kind of level out the talent and then the money you're going to make. And that's the thing with restricted free agents is a lot of times – is if you want to keep guys in-house, you're going to get screwed because other teams are going to throw them those offer sheets. So is Sato really worth that if you think about it? And I think the answer is no, even with the cap rising. So I think that it was smart that, that Tommy stuck to his guns. You know, there was a limit that he was thinking around for him, and I'm sure it was probably around seven or eight mil a year, and he wouldn't do it. So he got something for him. And – uh but I think that's the best thing that they could have done in that situation. And not to say that the Wizards are in any position to land a superstar or anything anytime soon, but it'll certainly help, like, you know, if they have uh, less money there because maybe they can try and attract a more interesting piece, you know, maybe next year or two years from now. I mean, I mean you never know. So. And then later Monday, the Wizards sign another point guard, Isaiah Thomas, to a one-year $2.3 million veteran deal. So what do you guys think of this one? You, you know, in my mind, w- without a doubt, the most exciting signing this year, certainly, 
And now that I think about it, probably the last four or five years, the most excited I've been about a new wizard coming to town. Yeah, uh, it it was definitely a a low risk, high reward type of signing. I mean, Wizards fans all over. I mean, we we vividly remember how good Isaiah Thomas was in 2016, especially in the playoffs when he just torched us for 53 points. And he just put on an absolute show that whole series. And I mean, there was really no way to stop him. I mean, Wall and Beal did all they could pretty much, but the dude was just lights out. And if he can get back to that sort of level or anywhere close to that, then this will definitely be one of the biggest deals of free agency, I think. But, you know, objectively, it's important to remember that whether it be his hip injury or whatever bad situations he's been in recently, he's been pretty bad over the past two years or so during his three stints. And, I mean, he's not he's not a good defender at all. We know that. But if he can provide an offensive spark, and a scoring punch next to Beal or off the bench, I mean, that can only help the Wizards. And uh, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, what what version of IT the Wizards are getting. It was – it's definitely up there with some of my uh, favorite signings or acquisitions. Like, I was ecstatic when we got Nene um, back in what was that, uh, 2012 or 13? When was 2012. It? Yep, 2012. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was um, up there with Paul Pierce. But, um, I mean, the difference between those two and IT is before the Wizards got those two, that they were in decent roles and play, and you knew they could still play. With Isaiah, it's like, you know, yeah, he had that really good season in 2016-17, but it's like since then, I mean, Cleveland was not a match for him. Denver was kind of – I don't even know why he signed in Denver, to be honest. It made no sense. I mean, he wasn't going to get much time there. Um, so you have to wonder how much of his falling out there is due to just, you know, the ideal role that they had going in for him, or is he really just not there? So uh, we're going to see. It's definitely intriguing for sure. And if he does pan out and gives us at least like 70, maybe 65% of that, I mean, this team could definitely be a playoff team. And assuming they – use the um, injury exception or whatever that is to sign Jabari Parker. I mean, this team will seriously have some peace offensively if Isaiah ends out. So um want to put up some points. Another potential scenario is that, you know, if he's playing really well in the beginning of the season, but, you know, the team doesn't look headed towards a playoff spot, you could potentially, you know, trade him. If he's playing that well, there'll definitely be suitors and you can secure – you know, some draft capital and or young assets. Kind of what yeah. we should have done with, you know, Ariza or Jeff Green last year. But, you know, I think Shepard would definitely pull the trigger on an IT trade potentially if uh, if that's what's best for the team at the time. Yeah. And that's why it's so great. It's because we don't expect the Wizards to be good. So, you know, whatever we get from him, great. If, if we get nothing from him, yeah. fine. You know, that man he's gone next year. Uh, if he's good, not great, we can flip him. Just from all angles, it's a really good move. Definitely, yeah. And then we sort of went the week waiting for something, still lacking a small forward, another power forward, perhaps. And uh, But Shepard came through on the weekend, starting Friday, 
traded Dwight Howard for CJ Miles straight up. So what did you guys think of this one? That one was a really solid move to me because I think we can agree that after we acquired Wagner and it was kind of like, okay, well, him and Bryant now are the two centers that you need to be playing. So you figure Mahimi's going to kind of be that third center because I don't think that they're going to be able to move him at this point, although I think that they should just straight up release him just to have the roster spot. Um, but Dwight Howard was the odd man now. Instead of trying to um, go through a buyout and um, you know still have to be responsible for some of his salary, I mean, they flipped him for a, a guy – um, who's going to fill a position of need at small forward and is presumably going to be the starting small forward ahead of Troy Brown. Uh, shoot the lights out. You know, again, all these moves here that they've made to get guys, none of these guys are good defenders. So that's the thing that bothers me a little bit. But again, in terms of like being the gap, maybe just like a stopgap guy until Brown fills in next year, they can find someone else better. To uh, fill that role, I mean, it's not horrible. And to get rid of Dwight in the process and, uh, you know, clear the way for Bryant and Wagner to get those minutes at the five, I mean, you can't find anything wrong with that deal. Yeah, I mean, we we wish Dwight the best. I mean, he gave us a good nine games last season, and he played well, all things considered. But it's just – it was best – it was definitely best for both sides to just move in a different direction. And, I mean – Hope he lands some well and contributes. But as far as CJ Miles, I mean, I think given the the wing market and free agency, there there wasn't really much left. And getting a guy like Miles, a veteran, kind of steady, he can definitely shoot shoot well from beyond the arc. I mean, I just hope he plays as well for us as he has playing against us over the years because he's definitely had some huge games against the Wizards in the past. And, I mean, like you were saying, Brennan, he's not a great defender, but everything I've seen from him, I mean, he definitely tries hard, which is more can be said than half of our team last year. And he's got some, you know, potential as a as a switch kind of defender. I mean, he can play some small ball four, and he can switch across one through three. So it, it'll be interesting to see how he fits in. But all in all, he's on an expiring deal, and he can definitely slot in as the small forward. Well, he's another guy you could potentially flip to. I mean, the whatever million he's – what is it like? Is it eight point something yeah, million? It's 8.3. Something like yeah, so I don't know if that's necessarily, you know – it may not be the most flippable thing at the deadline, but it is expiring. So maybe the Wizards could take back like another expiring deal mm-hmm. um, and maybe along with like a second-round pick or maybe like for a contender, maybe even a first. I mean, you know, you never know. So, um, again, you can't go wrong with acquiring these guys that are on uh, expiring deals because uh, you can always flip them and get something if, you know, you're sucking but the player is, you know, up to par. Yeah, expiring deals are definitely uh, are definitely movable around the trade deadline for sure. Yeah, and just big picture, I don't think anyone expected. Nope. Uh, I mean, we did expect Dwight to be moved, but, but not for a starting small forward. I mean, that in and of itself is nope. just fantastic uh, from Shepard. But, yeah, you guys hit it all with Miles. Really, in my mind, been one of the best pure scorers off the bench of the last, really the last five or seven years. Uh, he's you know, 35, 40% from three, shoots great from the free throw line. He's experienced, versatile, can play multiple positions. And, you know, who knows if he starts or not, but the player as a whole, it's just what the Wizards needed. 
And then on Saturday, the Wiz acquire Davis Bertans from the San Antonio Spurs. And, and all they had to do was ship out Aaron White, who's been over in Europe the last few years doing uh, who knows what. But uh, what did you guys think of this deal? I like it. I hated Aaron White. Oh, my God. Yeah, I swear, all I remember is all I remember from summer league is airball threes, so I'm good. Um, yeah. But Bertans is a—he's just a shooter, and he's a good scorer. So um, I'm happy that now the the Wizards front court—I mean, all around, all the fours and fives, you know, maybe a little bit iffy on Rui, but they can all hit the three pointer like consistently, and that is something that we have not had at all in the John Wire. And I know, like the basketball. Uh, the game has been transitioning since we drafted John Wall and all that, but I mean, now we have legit one through five that can stretch the floor, which is going to be just fantastic. And to give up, um, you know, only the rights to Aaron White, um, you know, we take him in with the trade exception. Uh, it's a good move. The, the thing that's going to be interesting to me is if we do bring back Jabari Parker, you assume that he's going to start at the four. As I think especially after what we saw from Rui last night, and I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit later, but he didn't look the best. And as much as he was supposed to be an NBA-ready prospect, I just don't think he's there yet to get those uh, regular minutes. So it would be interesting to me if we get in a situation where, like, Brooks kind of puts him in the doghouse and then lets uh, Bertans get those backup four minutes. I mean, it's just something interesting to look out for. I'm not trying to jump too far ahead, but um, – I mean, I like the um, Bertans trade. I mean, yeah, it gives you another shooter, and it gives you depth at the very least. So. Yeah, I mean, Bertans, he's hes not a flashy player, but he shot 43% from three last year, and he's, I think he's 6'10", 235, around that range. So he's definitely the prototypical stretch for. I mean, he's everything Aaron White was supposed to be, except just way better. And if Jabari does come back, I, I think, Berton still has a role in the offense at some point. I mean, you can never have as much too many shooters. And the interesting, what I'm interested to see is him and uh, Mo Wagner coming off the bench. I mean, if that's your four and five combo, that that's definitely a lot of floor spacing, and it gives you a lot of offensive versatility. So, I mean, overall, definitely a good move from Shepard. Didn't see it coming, but Berton is a is a solid player. And, and let's touch on Jabari Parker because we haven't really heard a whole lot about his market or, or how much money he might be looking for. But why do you guys think from, from the Wizards side, there seems to be very little interest in bringing him back? I don't think that it's a lack of interest. I think that they're just waiting on this exception to get approved. And if it doesn't get approved, then I don't think he'll be back. Uh, I mean, I think it's as simple as that. I, I think he... He's a player to where he deserves a decent chunk of change. I mean, I'm not saying he deserves a $20 million contract that he got from Chicago last year, but if we're because we're what um, with our uh, if you include our non guaranteed deals, I mean we're uh, what did they say earlier like four million dollars both luxury tax. I mean we do we expect Jabari Parker to sign back for a vet men? I mean no, that's not going to happen. He shouldn't do that. Yeah. I mean he deserves more than that. So I think that they're waiting on this exception. But I think that the fact that he hasn't signed anywhere yet and that we haven't heard anything is a good sign because I think that they're expecting this thing to get approved. I think that there's a very good chance that John Wall won't play this year and that uh, we get Jabari Parker on a one-plus-one or just a straight two-year deal. But I think that that will happen um, if we do get the exception. And now, with the exception, do we know what the timetable is for that? Because if you if you remember last year, 
it took a, a month or so to see that exception. So would he be willing to wait that long? Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, look at that stuff that you know we posted. For I don't know which one of you posted that, but from our account the other day, um, you know, he said nothing but great things. This has been his favorite place to play. I mean, you know, why wouldn't he want to wait and come back and have that opportunity to opportunity to start and uh, be a legit second or uh, third role in the offense, depending on how Isaiah Thomas pans out? I mean, it's a win situation for him. I mean, and if he comes back, I mean, again, you're talking about a really, really gifted offensive team. And I mean, it doesn't it doesn't look like other teams are knocking down the door to sign him. I mean, it's been several weeks now, and it doesn't look like much of a market has really developed for him. And like you said, he spoke glowingly about his time in Washington, and I think that's the best fit for him. And we could definitely use what he brings to the table as a shot creator at the forward spot. And if we do get that exception, I mean, I can definitely see, like you said, Brennan, a one plus one. I mean, the dude averaged, what, 16 and eight for us last year, over 50% shooting. And limited minutes. Exactly. And for all the talk about, you know, everyone, everyone goes in on him about, oh, he's not a good defender. I mean, he, he played fine on defense for us last year, especially compared to, you know, his counterparts on the roster. He, he tried. He didn't look overmatched. So, I mean, I just think that stuff is a bit overblown, and I'd love to see him back. I hate analytics and all that type of numbers. Like Gilbert Arenas said on his show that I was listening to about last week or something, he said, if you go to analytics, like, you don't know basketball. So, I mean, like, I'm not going to say I'm strictly an eye test guy, but that is mostly what I base my analysis off of is the eye test. And off my eye test, I mean, Jabari Parker wasn't a bad defender at all. I think he's definitely – uh, better suited at the four because you won't have those guys that'll beat you off the dribble as much. And that's where Parker struggles defensively is with his lateral quickness and getting beat off that first step. But um, I mean, he was, I didn't think he was bad defensively at all. I mean, he tried, he showed effort on both ends of the floor is a bucket getter. I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't want to bring him back. I'm surprised he hadn't had a bigger market truth be told, but maybe again, that's because he just wants to come back here. Yeah. I mean, the thing about him is Parker is a pure, he's a pure shot creator. I mean, he can, he can get a bucket from almost anywhere. He's not a great outside shooter, but as a face up four, he, he's got a nice array of dribble moves post fade. You know, he, he can pretty much score from anywhere around the basket and you don't want to throw necessarily Hachimura into a, a 30 to 32 minute per game role as a starting four. If you can have Parker there to even out the minutes and then burdens as well. I mean, there, there's no, there's no downside to having that depth at, uh, at the power forward spot. Right. And we talked about this last week. Uh, people forget he's still super young. Yeah. Uh, you know, came out of college as freshman year, 19, I believe. Is only 23 now, yep. and and we bring him back with the exception. He probably becomes the the second or third best player on the team just right away. Yeah. And that's with room to grow and. And lots of potential, clearly. And, you know, also something the Wizards have going for them is there's just not a lot of money left in the league right now. I mean, the, the Mavs had some money. They, they signed DeLon Wright, but there's just not a lot left. And so that, that could very well be what's happening. He's waiting on this exception to get approved. And, and yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll love to bring him back. Oh, dope. So wrapping up the soft season talk, you know, I, I don't love the exercise of 
grading signing before we actually see what happens on the floor. But how happy are you guys with what Shepard's done? How would you how would you sort of grade it from a letter standpoint? Uh, well, I mean, first let's go back and look at everything. So Tommy decided not to bring back Devin Robinson, which I believe was the right thing to do. Uh, fine player, fine athlete. And, I mean, Tommy said himself, I mean, you know, he deserves another opportunity, but it just wasn't going to be with the Wizards and with the whole culture change thing going on. I mean, that was the right thing to do. Uh, second order second order business. Uh, he traded $1.1 million to get three young players, which at the very minimum out of this trade, I mean, you're going to get a rotational player and Mo Wagner, who, again, is only in his second year in the NBA now, and two players at the very least you can – uh, take a flyer and try to get them to develop in the G League and see if eventually down the line if they can be rotational players. And a second rounder too. Uh, yeah, that's right. And that's the thing that he's been doing now is collecting second rounders. So, um, I mean, that's a good thing. And you talk about the, uh, the Ish Smith signing, which wasn't the greatest thing, but I mean, you got someone to play point guard. Like, that's the thing. Uh, the the way got someone going out, they got someone that can, you know, not necessarily, he may not be as good good as Sato um, and they're obviously very different types of players but again he's a he's a steady point guard like he's a he's a very decent backup point guard um, you know you take a flyer on Isaiah Thomas I don't see how you lose in that situation uh, you brought back Thomas Bryant your guy on a bargain deal in my opinion because I think like Frank said I was expecting him to get uh, around maybe 10 million annual averaged out when it's all said and done and the fact that they got him around, you know, eight, eight, five average annually. I mean, uh, you traded Dwight Howard for a starting small forward. Great. Uh, Davis Bertans. Great. I mean, overall, I mean, you're looking at a A minus, maybe a B plus if you really wanted Sato back. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, somewhere around the, the B plus, A minus range, he was fair. I mean, the biggest thing I like about what Shepard has done is that he's done a great job balancing the short-term prospect and the long-term prospect of the team without sacrificing financial flexibility. And I think that's huge because unlike his pre- like his predecessor, Ernie, Ernie Grunfeld really struggled in that department. And I think Shepard has done a good job getting guys who can help right now while also taking flyers on guys with upside and overall, I mean, he's he's done a good job making the most out of a not-so-great situation, and I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. It In terms of grades, like you said, Dom, I mean, it's a bit premature to grade signings at this point when the season hasn't even begun yet, and there's still a lot of unknowns, but it's hard to be upset with anything that, uh, that Shepard has done. If he gets Parker back, I think it's a straight A. Yeah, no doubt. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Final thing to touch on here, Wiz opened their summer league slate last night, and uh, I don't know, Frank, if you watched the game at all. I know Brendan did a little bit, but yesterday came out on top with a win against the Zionless Pelicans. Was there anything that stood out to you guys? Uh, anything you were surprised by? Um, I was surprised that Rui looked as awful as he did in the first half. I thought that 
I mean, again, coming in, everything was, I mean, about drafting him was, um, you know, you figured he would be a plug-and-play type of guy, you know, a guy that you could start right away. And, I mean, based off – and, again, I didn't watch the second half because I had to go to bed. Uh, but uh, the, the first half just was not good. So that was one takeaway. Uh, second takeaway, Troy Brown looks good. Uh, third takeaway, Justin Robinson looks like he could be backup point guard tomorrow. Yeah, I wasn't able to watch the entire game, but – from what I did see, like Brennan, you said, Hachimura definitely struggled in the first half. I believe he opened the game one of seven shooting. But from all accounts in the second half, it looks like he picked up the pace a little. I mean, I saw him make some nice finishes around the rim. And he finished six of 16, which isn't great, but 14 points isn't bad. Robinson definitely definitely looked like the second best player after Troy Brown, which is encouraging because Robinson – could definitely get some minutes this season at point guard or he'll definitely be, be a starter in the G League. And as for Troy Brown, I mean, you definitely have to be encouraged by uh, by what you've seen. He looks like he's improved. He he looks smooth and comfortable. He had a, I don't know if you guys saw, he had that uh, that nice and one with like 15 seconds left. I believe it was a game winner. That was a really nice finish. And I mean, it's just summer league, so it's hard to jump to any major conclusions, but I will say I'm excited to see uh, to see Mo Wagner join the team. I believe he's he's slated to play tomorrow against the Brooklyn Nets, and that'll definitely be interesting to see him in the mix. I mean, the, the thing you're looking for um, with the guys coming into their second year is you just want to see them look confident. Like, last year Troy was decent, but he just didn't have that confidence that he seems to have now, and that's the main thing that you're looking for for me. I'm not really too much looking into numbers, you know, um, is he shooting well, especially for a guy that doesn't, you know, really have that great of an outside shot? I mean, of course, you want to see him develop it, but just the main thing is, you know, how is the feel of the game for them? Do they look confident out there? And, I mean, by all accounts, I mean, Troy looked light years better than he did last year. Yeah, most definitely. And another thing that that people probably forget is that Troy just turned 19 years old. I mean, he's yep. still really young. And the fact that he's where he is now – as opposed to when he first entered the league last year, I mean, it's night and day. He's definitely mature for his age, and he he, he shows a good level of IQ and intangibles that you can't really teach. And I think, you know, that's definitely part of the reason we drafted him last year. And like you were saying, Brennan, I mean, body language and confidence, that that's the kind of stuff that carries into the regular season. And that's going to be huge for Troy if, if, uh, if he's competing for the – the starting small forward spot or whether he's coming off the bench, I mean, he's going to have a big role. So how he does in summer league, if he can just hold his own and, and, you know, get more comfortable, that's definitely a good thing. And I agree with what both you said on Brown. And that was my main takeaway. Just, just seeing him be really assertive and really taking leadership in that team last night. Uh, anything else from you guys for tonight? Anything else from you guys for tonight? Uh, I mean, I'm good. I just, I just, I'm really hoping that we get Jabari Parker back. I think that we'll have a really decent roster if we get him back and we don't have to throw Rui into the fire because I don't think that he's one of those guys, if you do it, I don't think he's one of those guys that's just going to adjust. I mean, this is a guy that's still learning American basketball and all that. So, uh, you know, just give him time. It would be nice to just have him back, have another scoring option out there. Ultimately, probably what will end up being the second best player if he's brought back. So, um, my last thought. If uh, I just think it's funny that 
you know, if, if someone had told you maybe like five or six months ago or a year ago that at this point the Wizards would have Isaiah Thomas, C.J. Miles, Ishmith, and Davis Burtons all on the roster, I mean, what what would you have said? You probably would have said they're crazy. But LOL. It's, it's crazy how that stuff goes. And uh, it's an interesting roster that Shepard's put together. And, I mean, we'll, we'll just have to see how it plays out. Last thing here really quick, just – just something I saw on Twitter, a random hypothetical. Would you guys in any way entertain the idea of Russell Westbrook on the Wizards? Yes. I I think I would, just because that the excitement factor and the talent the talent that he brings, it I just don't know if there's any way we could actually make that work. Probably not, but hypothetically it, it I wouldn't be opposed to it. My thing is Wall and Beal have a really solid relationship, right? And, like, they've played with each other their whole career, so you have to wonder what Brad would think about it and all that. Like, would that affect him signing an extension? Because I think that if it would and he wouldn't sign an extension if Russell was brought in, I don't think that you make that move. But, I mean, they're essentially on a similar deal with uh, similar years remaining, I I think. And, um, I mean, mean, let's face it, and I'm not saying John Wall's going to come back and suck, but, I mean, one has a ruptured Achilles tendon and one doesn't. You know, one's a very true. One's a triple double Very machine. True. One's not. I mean, and I mean, Russell does have a couple more years on him in terms of age, but I mean, does it really seem to be bothering him? Yeah, and I mean, I haven't really looked at any of the specifics or or anything like that. And of course, as you know, as we know, Twitter can be a little out there. But I, I guess it would, it would just have to be Wall and picks, maybe Brown. I, I just I don't know what the parameters of a trade would look like. See, that's the catch, though. I wouldn't give up picks in a deal for Westbrook because the idea of trading Westbrook for the Thunder is Westbrook has told you that he wants out. So, therefore, all the other teams, they don't have to give up anything if they really want to get him. Now, there are other teams that can take, um, you know, that, you know, can make a deal for him. But, I mean, I mean, Houston can maybe offer the next best thing in Chris Paul if that's what they really wanted to do. But, I mean, if the Heat wanted to make a move, I mean, all those contracts blow on Miami. Like there, there is no way that all those contracts would even look better than, than John Wall, who's going to miss an entire year. So I mean, I think that OKC would definitely consider it. I just don't know if the Wizards, if you would fully consider. I mean, I would, but I'd have to know more details. Like I said, would Beal be okay with it? Um, you know, you have to take age into consideration and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I, I, like I said, I'd consider it. I just don't know a hundred percent if I pull that trigger. I'd, I'd really have to think about that. Frank, anything else? I mean, I, I, I can't envision a Westbrook trade happening at all, but in today's NBA with how things have been going, I mean, nothing really would surprise yeah. me at this point. So who knows? We'll, we'll have to see. And with that note, that'll do it for us here. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, subscribe to us wherever podcasts are available and maybe even leave us a review on iTunes. that will help us grow in the charts and reach more people. Don't forget to check out dmbsportsnetwork.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at DMB underscore SN. And if you want to join the team, contact us via Twitter, the website, or shoot us an email. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.